All right, so I'm gonna, wait, did I say my name? Yeah, I'm, I'm Nikolai, but you can call me Nick or Nico or whatever you want. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure, always an honor um, to preach here and to speak. And it's crazy. I feel like God is, um, this is not, what I'm going to preach. We, we finished a series on the brand me, and it was a great series, wasn't it? Yes, it was. But uh, we haven't started our new series, so I'm going to preach on something completely random. No, I'm kidding. It's not completely random. God has actually been pressing this in my heart even throughout this month. And I just want to share with you guys. But first, I'm going to, I'm going to share a testimony because like we sang about witnessing God's work, I believe that our testimonies speak of the fruit of God's work in our lives. And I think that um, it's important for us to share testimonies. It's important to share testimonies to encourage those around us to... Um, even bring hope to those around us and to, I guess, inspire those around us, right? To continue to move in God's work. God is still moving. God is still uh, setting people free. He's still providing. He's still uh, healing. And so I just want to share a quick story. I was at, uh, I shared this with uh, my grow group this this Thursday. This was the last grow group before we take a break uh, for July. Mm. But we're going to be able to enjoy the summer together and we're going to have summer hangs uh, in throughout July after church on Sunday, so that's going to be a great time. But I shared that on on Thursday, this Thursday now. And what happened was that um, I work in construction, and I was at Home Depot, and I went to buy a box of screws. It was a very specific box of screws that I needed, very specific size, and it had to be that box of screws. And I get there, and they have all the stacks of all the screws, literally all the sizes, even very similar to what I needed. And I get there, and I'm looking through all the sizes and all the like the specs that I need for, for the screw that I need, and exactly the one I need is the one they don't have. And I was like, dude, are you serious? And I'm looking through like the shelves and stuff up top, like, all right, they gotta have like this in stock, and I'm asking the guy, do you have it in stock? No, we don't have it. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to have to get like a similar one, I guess. And I put it on my cart and I'm like, man, man. Like, I put it back and I call like someone else. I was like, hey, do you have like the screw? And like, they didn't pick up. They didn't answer me. And I was like, oh God, like, what do I do now? <laughs> like, I, I really need the screw to like finish, finish the work. And so I'm, I'm there and I'm just like standing. And this guy comes up. And he doesn't even work at Home Depot. He doesn't have like a like a, a badge or a name tag or anything. And he comes and he places a box back on the shelf. And I look at this guy and he's like, what size do you need? And I was like, that's exactly what I need. And he he's like, oh yeah, or oh, you're, oh, you're going to use it for this? I was like, yeah, I'm going to use it for this. This is exactly what I need. Like, dude, you have no idea. You're such a lifesaver. And I took it and I put it on, on my cart. And this guy turns around and he's like, God works in mysterious ways, doesn't he? And I was like, what? So I'm walking away like. Like, what did you just say? And he, for some reason, that stuck with me. God works in mysterious ways. And it, it made sense for me the next day. And I'll explain why. But um, we were, we're, right now I'm going through some, uh, some, some family stuff. And it's nothing, it's nothing bad. I mean, it's, it's obviously it's, we go through difficult moments and I'm going through some personal stuff with my family, but everything is okay. Everything is good. But the night after, like, like the morning after I received some news from my dad and I wasn't like, I was pretty upset about it. And 
I was like, wow, like God, like, like what's gonna happen now, you know? And so when I was talking to Gabby um, in the evening and she reminded me of this, of this word, and she said, remember the guy's word, God works in mysterious ways. And it comforted me, it gave me peace in my heart. And I said, wow, like Lord, you're, you're working all things for good. And you know exactly what needs to happen. Even though I don't see it, even though I don't understand it, even though my circumstances are not in favor of it, but Lord, you work in mysterious ways and beyond what I see. Your thoughts go beyond my thoughts and your ways go beyond my ways. And so I just wanted to encourage you before I get in my message this morning, I think it's important for us to share these testimonies. Hey, maybe God is speaking to you. God works in mysterious ways. Continue to trust him, continue to delight in him, continue to surrender your heart to him, even in situations that don't seem like they are in your favor or um, everything is coming against you. God has a hold of you. And I just wanted to share that with you this morning. Amen. All right. So um, I'm going to get right into it and introduce the title of my message this morning. It is, I will boast in Christ alone. I will boast in Christ alone. I'm going to get right into my first point. It is before the beginning. And I'm going to give a little bit of context to what's going on here. This is um, the prophet Ezekiel, he receives a vision of what we interpret as the fall of Lucifer, who then obviously becomes Satan. Also, like, big intro here, like, uh, <laughs> right? Be ready for it. But uh, the Bible describes um, a couple of these events in Ezekiel 28, if you want to look over. Um, in Isaiah chapter 14, it also speaks about that. And in Revelation chapter 12, it also speaks about um, the fallen angels as well will be interpreted as, as the fallen angels. But this is describing uh, Lucifer become, uh, uh, before he falls. And this is, um, I would say, the first documented, I guess, uh, biblical uh, sin um, during you know, the fall of, uh, of Satan from heaven, his separation from God. And we're going to read it together. It says, You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was covering, was your covering. Sardius, topaz, and diamond. Beryl, onyx, and jasper. Sapphire, emerald, and carbuncle. And crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You're an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. You're at, you were on the holy mountain of God in the day you were created. Till unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence in your midst. And you, O guardian cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire, your heart was proud because of your beauty. And you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I'm going to read that again. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. And you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. Now, in uh, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, it says that pride goes before destruction. And so we see here very clearly that um, Satan's desire, it actually says in the Bible, that he wanted to elevate himself, to be like God, to be more than God, to sit on the throne in the place that only God could sit, in that throne, the place that was that God created for, for him and not for Lucifer. And Lucifer out of pride and a, a boastful desire in his splendor, in his beauty, he was corrupted by that. This uh, uh, idea of this identity that he created for him 
corrupted his heart in such a way that he desired to be in God's place. And in fact, another, um, another scenario in the Bible, another event in the Bible that this actually happens is in Genesis chapter 6 where uh, before God sends the flood in the story of Noah and the ark, God actually speaks um, to the wickedness of men. And we're going to read it together in, in Genesis 6, uh, which is the reason why God sent the flood uh, upon the earth. I'm not going to read like the whole thing, but I'll give context as we're going. So it says, Genesis 6, chapter, um, chapter 6, verse 5. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And from the moment that God reveals uh, to Noah, from the moment that God uh, requests that Noah would start building the ark, he gives them 120 years for them to repent. That's a long time. That's a little... <laughs> I know we, we, you know, science and, and, and medicine is, is evolving, but, you know, not everybody uh, till this day lives 120 years, but God gave these people, they would live many, many years, these, uh, these people, but God gives them 120 years for them to repent from their sins, to turn from their wickedness and from their pride and from this uh, sin that has separated them from everything that has to do with God. It says that their thoughts were continually evil. And so God sends a flood onto the earth eventually. And for 40 days and 40 nights, it rained and the great waters wiped out all of mankind and all the living creatures off of the face of the earth. And so let's jump to Genesis chapter 9, verses 11 to 17. And this is um, after 150 days that Noah has been in the ark. God starts to um, establish once again the return of, uh, of, of Noah and his family onto the earth to start increasing in population once again, to start multiplying in population. And he says to him, and this is God's promise that after this flood, after God has destroyed all of mankind and in their wickedness, God saw their wickedness and he saw that there was no way for them. There was no redemption for these people. And so God, after his destruction of earth through the flood, he makes a promise to Noah that he will not destroy the earth over a flood once again. And he will not um, cut off his people. It says in Genesis chapter 9 verses 11 to 17. I establish my covenant with you. That never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. And never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you. And every living creature that is with you. For all future generations, I have set my bow in the cloud, the rainbow, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow and the rainbow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see. What happened here? <laughs> um, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and the living creatures of all flesh that is on earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all the flesh that is on the earth. And so 
what the world does then, which is very funny and ironic, the world takes the very sin that destroyed mankind and separated uh, Saint from God and Lucifer from God, and even the first recorded uh, human sin, which was uh, in Adam and Eve, and it says in Genesis, I don't have this up, but it says in Genesis chapter 3, I'm just going to read it for you real quick, Genesis chapter 3 verse 5, it says, you will not surely die, the, ser the serpent told the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so he sprouted in Eve and in Adam the desire, like himself, to be like God. The sin of pride once again creeps in into the humankind because of the sin of one man. Mankind, just like Lucifer, just like Satan, we, 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 we fell, we fell into sin. We were indulged into this nature of sin once again. And so very ironically, the world takes uh, the very sin uh, that is pride and that has separated uh, mankind from God, that has separated Lucifer from God, and they stamp it on the flag of the covenant. Again, God has made this covenant so that we would look at it and not remember how good we are, not remember how worthy we are, not remember how special we are, not remember how self-affirming we are, but to remember of what he has done for us. Not just of mercy, but of grace. We deserve destruction and we deserve to perish, but God so loved the world that he doesn't just send this rainbow, but he sends his one and only son to die for us on the cross, that all should believe and be saved. And in the, so in the place of destruction, God doesn't just fill us with mercy. He covers us with grace. Like the prodigal son, I spoke about it a few Sundays ago. His father doesn't just receive him back to the house in condemnation and shame, but he receives him in a feast. He covers his nakedness. He gives him a ring as a promise of his inheritance. He clothes him with a new garment. He gives him new shoes to remind him that he's not a slave in the house of the father. And he gives him a promise of what the future awaits. And so God in his all loving kindness and righteousness, he gives us this sign that we would look at it and remember that we will no longer be destroyed as he, grace, grace, grace. And what the world obviously does is it distorts it. It tells us, you don't need that. You don't need, uh, um, you don't need God's grace. You don't need God's covenant. We'll make our own covenant. We'll make our own law. We'll make our own ways of living life. And I want to jump into my second point. I don't have a ton of time, but uh, um, we're going to go in it. It says, no pride in ourselves. And God, God's word draws a very clear distinction of the man of God and the man of the world. And the man of God, and Paul describes this very, uh, very clearly here in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. He says, but far be it to boast, for, for me, from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. We take no pride in ourselves. We take no pride in who we are in our fallen nature, but rather our pride, our boast is in Christ Jesus and what he has done for us on that cross. Amen. There's no reason. I have no reason to boast. There is nothing in me. I want to read off. I don't have this verse here, but I'm going to read off, um, off Romans chapter, chapter seven here. 
I think I got it on, on my phone, but uh, I'm just going to read it off of here. And this is Paul speaking. And he says, So I find this law at work. When I, when I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner to the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body of death. But thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, so that I myself in my mind am a slave of God's law. But in, in the sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Thanks be to God through, the, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Paul is saying here, like, what a wretched man I am. The good things that I want to do, I end up not doing. Yet, thanks be to God. He's saying, I have all the reasons not to boast. I have no reasons to have pride in who I am. I'm a sinful man. What a wretched man I am. Who will free me from the death of this life? Who will free me from this sin that so consumes me? In my, in my mind, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me. Yet his grace, his ever-abounding grace and righteousness and love renews itself again, again, and again, and again, and again. And his mercies are made new every single morning. And I'll tell you what, I have no reason to boast in myself. The, the word of God says in Psalm um, chapter 20, verse 7, it says, Some boast in chariots and some in horses. But we will boast in the name of the Lord our God. And this verse says trust. And my verse says boast. We will boast in the name of the Lord our God, our provider, our healer, our deliverer. Amen. It says, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some, some, some contrast on what the world preaches versus what the Bible preaches. And I know this might not be comfortable for everyone here, but what I, it's my duty as, as somebody who's, who's bringing the word of God to you this morning to reveal the truth to you. Remember I preached some Sundays ago? I can't withhold the truth from you. I have to bring it to you. I know what's coming, so I got to be honest with you. I have to be truthful to, the word of, to what the word of God says. But where the world preaches self-affirming, Jesus flips the funnel to self-denying. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, it says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Let's do another one. Where the world preaches to glorify your flesh, the Bible preaches death to our flesh. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Where the world says pride, the gospel flips the funnel once again. And he says humility. The word of God says in James chapter 4 verse 6, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble, to those who have acknowledged that we are not worthy, that we are not good enough, that no matter how much work we put into it, we will never attain the place that Satan wanted to sit, to sit at. That is the place for Jesus Christ, seated at the right hand of the Father. No place, no works would have given Eve and Adam the right to be like God. And there's nothing that we can do that will give us the right to be like God. And so the word of God says, God opposes 
the proud, but gives grace to the humbles. So if there's something that I'm going to boast on, I'll boast in my Lord Christ Jesus who died for me. I'll boast in my Lord Christ Jesus that last year in my time of deep anxiety where I felt like I couldn't even get up from my bed, he healed me from it. I'll boast in that. I'll boast in my testimony. I'll boast in the fact that he set me free. I'll boast in the fact that God was my provision in my difficult seasons where I had not a lot of money to make ends meet. God provided. I'll boast in the fact that God made a way where there was no way. I'll boast in the power, uh, on God's power in my weakness. That's what I'll boast in. I take pride in the Lord Jesus Christ that saved me, that died on the cross for me, that sacrificed his life so that I could experience life and life in abundance. And everything this world tells me is to lead us away from God's plan for his people. We will not boast in who we are, but we will boast in Christ alone. We will boast on Christ alone. The world boasts and take pride in the things that are perishable, but we, the people of God, we boast in the things that are eternal. The God of our lives, the God of our souls, he, the one who has died and resurrected and is and will be forevermore the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end the author and the consumer of our faith that is who he is that is who we worship and the bible says that heavens and earth will pass but his words will surely remain forever yes they will amen no matter what anyone says no matter whatever flag we raise up no matter what banner is lifted up we will declare the name of jesus christ the one who will stand forevermore Amen. That is our identity. And I'm going to go into my third point right now. Be ready and stand firm. Be ready and stand firm. The world preaches. And it's funny because when it's, you, you know, when it's for the world, everything is valid. Everything is good. But like I was even praying this morning, there will be a time where we won't be able to come together here on the Cineplex to talk about God's love. There will, there will be a time where people will start to see um, Christ as the problem where people will start to see Christ as the as the as the reason for division as the reason for uh, uh, people uh, people's conflicts and they will start to put the blame on the gospel in many in many countries it's already like that when Stephen preached about uh, Pastor Stephen preached about the woman the Muslim woman in his missionary trip that did not accept Christ on that day because she would lose everything. She would lose her job. She would lose her family. She would lose her everything, her wealth, her money, her honor, her respect. Anything that she had, she would lose for the sake of Christ. Yeah, we are here. But uh, let me warn you. Let me tell you. Be ready and stand firm because there will be a time. A time will come where we will be persecuted. The world preaches acceptance, but let's be ready for the time where the world will reject you for the sake of your faith. The world preaches love, but let's be ready for when the world uh, uh, hates you for the sake of your faith, amen? The world preaches self-affirmation, but be ready for the time for, for the time to come where people will not affirm your faith, will not affirm your decision to stand by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be ready for that because that time will come. And when the time comes, be ready. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. Uh, sorry, it's, I think, it, yeah, 1 to 5. It says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, 
arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartly, heartless, unpeaceable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving God, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance, the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, wow. says avoid such people. And so we see that this time will come. And in fact, it has already come where uh, uh, the world is manifesting itself each time more and more and more against the morals and the principles that we as Christians believe and in what Christ has done on the cross for us. Um, Jesus says in Matthew 24, uh, chapter 24, verse 21 says, for then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been from the time of the beginning until, uh, from the time of the beginning of the world until now and will never be. Jesus even describes that the persecution will be like in the times of, the, the tribulation will be like in the times of Noah that we read in the beginning. We see uh, a great destruction and tribulation come. Jesus, but Jesus also says in uh, Matthew 24 verse 13 says, those who persevere until the end will be saved. And I assure you, that God will equip his church for this time. God will give us the resource. God will give us the visions. He will give us the necessary uh, 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 strategies that we need. It says in Psalm chapter 121 verses 1 to 8, it says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. Receive this right now. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going and your coming. And from this time forth and forevermore, receive this in Jesus' name right now. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. The Lord will equip his people. He will give us the resources. It says here, uh, uh, Peter, as he's speaking in Acts chapter 2, he's speaking to the crowd. And they're looking at, at, at the disciples and the people there that are uh, uh, speaking in tongues. They just received the baptism of fire in the spirit and they're speaking in different tongues. And Peter recites uh, uh, a prophecy from the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2. And he says in Acts chapter 2 from verses 17 to 21, it says, But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And young men shall see vision. And your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone, everyone, who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved in Jesus' name. That when this time comes, 
We will not be found slandering. We will not be found asleep, but we will be awake. And all those who call upon the name of the Lord, this is his promise. This is not just me telling you, will be saved in Jesus' name. We will not boast in our identity. We will not boast in our characteristic. We will not boast in who we are. But in one thing, we will boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. That when this time comes, I know my destiny. I know what the end is. I know where I'm headed to. And I know that when this time comes, please, do not fear. The Lord will sustain you. It's sometimes uh, uh, people feel scared about talking about the end times. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about the end times. I don't know what it's going to be like. The Bible says that the persecution is going to be like it's never been before. And it, in fact, will. But do you not believe that God is who he says he is? That till this point, he's, he's given you every resource and every strategy needed, every weapon needed. He will equip his people. In Revelation, he speaks about the two witnesses that he will uh, 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 send upon the church that will come with great power. The Lord will place weapons in the hand of each and every person, spiritual divine weapons, to come against every attack of the enemy. And his people shall not perish, but we will, we will be saved. We will reign with Christ. Amen. The enemy is constantly trying to distort the word of God. He's constantly trying to put lies in our mind of the identity of who Christ is. God is victorious. He has already won the battle. And the enemy from the very beginning, he had just fallen. And he tried and he, he's able to convince Adam and Eve of the same sin that sprouted in his heart. Pride. We take no pride, Lord Jesus. Our, our pride is in you, Heavenly Father. Our pride is in your sacrifice on the cross, Jesus. Our boast is in what you've done on the cross for us, Lord Jesus. I'm here, Lord God, not because of my persuasive words, not because of my eloquent speaking, Lord Jesus, not because, uh, Lord God, I learned and I, I, and, and I remember verses, Lord Jesus. I'm here, Father, because on the day that I needed you, I called and you answered, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praises be to your holy name, Jesus. Today and forevermore, be ready and stand firm. The time will come, but I want to assure you and I want to comfort you this morning. He is with you. Evil will not come upon you. Your foot will not be moved. Be ready and stand firm. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, God.